Hey, what's up everybody and welcome to Surface in Tech, the podcast for experts on ANZ. We've got a great episode coming up this week. We're going to be talking silicon from Intel, AMD and Qualcomm. We're also going to be taking a look at Samsung and integration with Windows 10. We've got Jet who's going to be taking us through the new Game Pass title Grounded, which looks amazing. We're going to be talking Flight Simulator, of course we are, everybody's talking Flight Simulator. And also we're going to be taking a little reminiscent trip and we're going to be talking about our very first devices. Remember, if you really like this content and you want to see more like it, it's coming out all the time check out our facebook page subscribe to our youtube hit that like button and leave your comments below enjoy the show all right so we've got um all the the usual suspects again joining us yeah i I like to call you guys the three amigos i think uh you're the uh you're here week after week Um, so um first of all we've got uh our man on the ground in australia's capital how's it going ali hey guys how are we all all good all good have you had a good week Oh, uh, pretty good. Honestly, it's been absolutely terrible in terms of weather. Everything else, absolutely perfect. Yeah, I love how we, we start every episode with a nice bit of weather chat. <laughs> <laughs> and we have um, have Jet. How's it going, man? Yeah, pretty good. i got all the good weather here. Ali's got the bad weather. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, have you had a, had a busy week? Have you been out in stores uh, this week, or um... uh, not yet? Not yet. So uh, a lot, a lot of gaming, uh, a lot of recording of other things, but yeah, not not yet yeah. in store. Yeah, we have a we have an awesome segment coming up. Um, if you're taking a look at Grounded, having a first look at yep. Grounded. So um, yeah, it's going to be really exciting to see that. And of course, we have uh, Missa. How's it going, Missa? Hello, hello. Happy to be back. I'm so well. How are you? Yeah, all good. All good. Um, yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be a really good episode. Um, we've got a load of really good topics to get through. So, um, first of all, I think let's just let's just jump into it. Let's start talking uh, silicon. This has been a um, a topic that we've been kind of throwing back and forth between us for for a while. Um, I just wanted to get like a really good conversation going around all the products that have come out from uh, Microsoft Silicon Partners. So, AMD, Intel, Qualcomm are the big three. There. Um, I mean, to be honest, like I'm gonna, I'm just gonna throw this out there, and I, I will admit, when it comes to like, um, like hardware, I love hardware. So like, um, you know, I lo- love to see like a new form factor. Love to see like a nice bright screen on the laptop. You know, talking about, um, you know, kind of like that Lenovo with like the the uh, the pen pen port or whatever it was called. Um, yeah, pen garage was it something like that? Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I love talking about all that kind of stuff. But when it actually comes to like the individual components, um, you know, like the the, the processors and the, the graphics cards and that kind of thing, <clears throat> I'll be honest. Like, I don't I don't rush to that stuff and read about it and want to know what's coming out and when it's coming out and that kind of thing. I know some of you guys are a little bit more. Um, you know, you, you love that stuff. Like, you know, kind of doing a bit of research and in, into new chips and. Um, you know, release dates and, and clock speeds and that kind of thing. Um, I mean, there's some amazing stuff coming out from our silicon partners at the moment. Um, and what I think would be really cool is we could have this conversation now and we could be talking about what, what we really need to be getting excited about uh, in terms of, of things that are, that are coming from Intel and AMD and, and Qualcomm. So um, I'd be really interested to know from you guys as you're out um, talking to customers kind of on like the front line, right? Um, <laughs> Yeah, they're talking to customers about devices and like experiences on their devices. Like, how how often do uh, like silicon conversations come up? Like, is that a regular thing for you guys? Honestly, I think it depends on the customer. Uh, there are certain customers who are quite tech savvy. 
they they tend to look at the numbers and if you're looking at the numbers uh you'll know exactly what sort of processor you're looking for there are other other customers who go on what they've always had so i find that intel for example tends to be in a lot of people's repertoires because it's what's been in their computers for the longest time because before ryzen amd you only really found the lower range um lower end kind of cheap mm. um laptops and devices so um intel always seems to come up i want an mm. i5 or an i7 you know i want something fast so i'm going to get an i5 um personally from my experience that tends to be what happens most anyway mm. Mm. Yeah. I think I, I bring up a lot of conversations about processors in store because I'm one of those fanboys. Um, that's how I, uh, my love of computers came from building them. And if you're building them, you've got to know every little detail. Mm -hmm. um, and so I normally initiate those conversations with uh, salespeople in particular because uh, I feel like understanding what a chip can give you is really important. Like the customer yeah. comes in and they want to be able to do something. I want to be able to stream. I want to be able to edit. Um, they, but they don't know what they need to be able to do that. And so being able to understand what you're looking at in the spec sheet and translating that into a real world, uh, I feel super important. So mm. I've been doing lots of stuff recently about knowing the difference between a Intel U series chip and an Intel G series chip. And you can have an i5 that vary dramatically in price, but the U series is great for balance work, whereas the G series is good for graphics, nice mm -hmm. and simple. Yep. Um, and mm. as soon as you unlock that knowledge in salespeople and you unlock that knowledge for customers, it's a much better conversation. Being yeah. able to go, this Surface has a G-Series chip, it's going to be really good for graphics. Awesome, that's what I want to do. 100%. I want to be able to play games or whatever. So, yeah, that's that's how I bring it up in store at least. 100%, especially when, like, you just brought up a bunch of different series, right? Like, I remember, like, if you think back, like, five, ten years ago, like, if you think of processor, you think of Intel, you might think of AMD um, if you're familiar with game consoles and whatnot, but there wasn't really that much out there. But consumers are getting so much more savvy now, and there's so much more choice, which can be a double-edged sword. It's like, I don't even know what I need, or there is something that is exactly right for me and it's just about finding the right people doing a little bit of research but it, it can get a little bit boring and a little bit overwhelming but like the choices are crazy and if you you guys know already about me like choices mean opportunity and something for everyone that's amazing and i love that yeah well yeah i i totally agree um yeah i think the one thing that's really exciting to see is because that choice has got bigger that um, we've seen some really good uh, kind of developments from all of the companies. Mm -hmm. um, I think, um, like, what for example, do you do you guys have anything like in particular? Like, if you were talking to someone like me, who, like I said before, doesn't rush out to, you know, buy buy like a device with the latest chips in, or I don't, um, you know, don't read a lot about about chips. What kind of um, is there anything out there from any of our silicon partners that? is like really impressing you that you would maybe talk to me about like a experience that I could get from a certain chip that I might not get from some from another one. Well, the big one I have, for example, is um, mainly on the Ryzen side. Uh, so Ryzen 4th Gen, which you're seeing, especially in stores and devices like the new HP Omen gaming laptops. Mm. Um, the, the, the one thing about me is I, I'm a metrics guy. Performance per dollar is the metric that I always use when I talk <laughs> to people. And how I explain it to people is a lot, a lot of the times the difference between a $1,000 computer and the $2,000 computer isn't necessarily the hardware. It's, it's the niceties. It's the build quality, the weight, the battery mm. life. But for That's me, 
Yeah, but for me personally, I, I try and avoid paying for the brand. I try and avoid paying um, for the niceties. A lot of the times for me, it's performance per dollar, what's going to give me the most value for money. And um, I, I point at those HP Omen laptops a lot because they have the new Ryzen 5 and the Ryzen um, 7 chips. They are 6 and 8 core. They are very reasonably priced here in Australia anyway, typically sitting around about the $2,000 mark. They're gaming laptops with good graphics cards, multi-core processors, great for running VMs. If um, mm. you get customers who are doing that higher order stuff, they always come with 16 gigs of RAM and SSD, um, but they sit at a very reasonable price around about that $2,000 mark if you are looking for that sort of machine. So mm. um, I, I think it's just targeting, you know, targeting the customer. Yeah, yeah. I th- I think it's great to see that like you guys act as almost like translators for <laughs> for the customers, right, and for the for the sales guys to be like, you know, this is this is the specs of a chip, but this is actually what it means in real life when we're you know when you're talking to your customers about it. Yeah. Um, the reason that I brought it up is um, I don't know if you guys saw that um, there's a new feature that's come to the Pro X. Um, for the uh, the using AI for eye contact over um, over video calls, um, have you guys heard about this as well? Yeah, I've heard about. It. I've, I've seen a little demo, and it um, it's not something that I really thought about until I'm now in a video chat nearly every second of my life, and <laughs> you do notice when you're like looking at the camera and not looking, and I try and look all the time, but it's it's that disconnection, and mm. having that feature like it seems really obscure. But then when you're doing these chats, it's like, well, that's a no-brainer. Of course, we we would want that connection. Mm. Um, so I'm really excited. I'm hoping we see it in uh, a lot more machines going forward. Yeah, agreed, definitely. agreed. You have a Pro-X, don't you, Messer? I do. And as you know, yeah. I love it. Um, and part of the reason is that it has that SQ1 processor and that it can challenge traditional types of technologies and advance mm. in different ways, right? It might be able to do things that the Pro 7 won't be able to do in a few years, but you know, that's that's just what happens when you evolve technology and that's what's exciting to me. So anything that new that's come through that's then pushed through new types of devices that, you know, different manufacturers bring out, like I'm all for it. Um, mm. And I haven't looked back from the Pro X. I mean, I, I dabble between all devices, as you know, but like my go-to that's in my handbag is my Pro X, um, mm. 100%. So I'm really looking forward to any types of um silicon change especially when it comes to battery life like you know you know this already like anything that can push the arm when it comes to battery life like performance and all this stuff when it comes to like um compute is amazing but battery life is where my go-to is at yeah um i know that the qualcomm um you know some of the the data that they release shows that battery life is like it's, num- it's number one for a lot of people on importance for, for their devices. And um, it's interesting because when I speak to customers in store, um, battery life's probably maybe the third thing that comes up. That, but really it's it's the most important thing I think mm-hmm. for, for for a lot of people. And, re- and really when you just think about things logically, if if it doesn't stay on for longer than three hours, you know, like uh, yeah. that you, you need a device that, that's going to last as long as you need it to last. On, and I on think a, a part of that is that people expect to some extent that if they've got a mobile device of mm. some sort that it does last all day now. What I'm really excited for is devices that last longer than 12, 13, 17 hours. Um, yeah. Because people, if you're buying a laptop for work, you want it to last at least eight hours. Like that's almost a given now. But yeah. there are some people that are like, I want a device that lasts two days. 
right? And mm. that's where this challenge, this technological advancement, that's, that's cool, that's exciting, if we can mm. ever get to that point. Yeah, we need someone like Snapdragon to come in mm. and challenge the approach of Intel and um, AMD, the, the approach and the way they're thinking at the moment. Com- competition is always good. Yeah. Uh, awesome, well, guys. This is going to be very happy with me because uh, I've kind of fallen in love with the Pro X over the last few weeks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I thought, yeah, I thought you'd be happy about that. Uh, I just started, I reevaluated my whole use of a computer. And one of the biggest points was I am always online. If I'm not online, I'm not using the computer. And hmm. so I want a device that's always online. And at the moment, that's pretty much the only thing out there. Uh, the other thing I looked at is I'm actually moving away from really high end hardware. Because I'm starting to use VMs a lot. I'm experimenting with Azure, um, which if people are interested, uh, comment and we'll we'll get a jet test of Azure. Um, yeah. <laughs> but that's how I'm doing stuff now. Like I can access on my phone if I want to a computer with 64 gigs of RAM, uh, multiple GPUs, a six-core processor. Uh, that internet is over 500 megabits a second, which is just impossible in Australia. Um, but I can access that on a lightweight device. So then it totally changes what you need. You need something that's thin. You need something that lasts. You need th- something that's connected. And as long as it ticks those three boxes, uh, I've got a fantastic machine. I've got a better machine than a lot of people do. Um, so, yeah, that, that's kind of changed my whole outlook on computing uh, thanks to yeah, what this chip can do. Mm, yeah. I love that. Right. I love that so much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, should we, uh, should we move on to some more, some more big news from the week? 100%. Um, so uh, one big announcement that came out this week, and I read, I was reading about it online, was uh, we're seeing um, a lot more integration between Samsung and Windows 10, and particularly Microsoft 365 as well. Um, have you guys been? Have you heard about this? You've been checking this out. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, what are you guys' thoughts? Anybody want to kind of kind of take the lead on this and just give us a rundown of what's been going on? Yeah, I I love it. I love that Microsoft is partnering with other parties. We've got partnerships mm. with Samsung. We're partnering with Google. Um, I think it's awesome because whenever big companies partner, cool things happen. Um, yep. And this new integration is fantastic, building on top of uh, the Your Phone app, which I use every day. I love. But now being able to access Android apps on your Windows device, Windows device mm. is just a game changer. Like yeah. now your computer can be the only device that you need. When you sit down, and Microsoft talks all the time about your flow, when you sit down, you don't look for another device. You're just on one. You've got one screen. You can access everything, though. It's not like I have to jump because I need access to different things. One screen, no compromises. I just get to access everything. Uh, mm. And the new uh, Note 20 and the Note 20 Ultra that are going to have these features is like really cool. I'm jealous. I'm, <laughs> I need a new phone now because I want that feature. <laughs> and I think also it's putting, it's putting those tools in the hands of people that are mobile users as well, right? So like bringing the technology to people that would take advantage of it in new and different ways as well. Um, and I think we're all connected and the amount of times that we need to randomly just download something or like that integration is so key um, and I, I love that first and foremost about what's happening with Microsoft and Samsung at the moment. Mm. Yeah, I was, as soon as that Your Phone app um, kind of started to get big um, and we started talking about it in stores and that kind of thing, I, I jumped straight onto it and um, I love it. I think it's great. Um, just for just real ease of use and, and like you said, Jet, like staying in your flow, like not needing to take my phone out of my pocket to send a text message. Um, or to to get a photo that I've know that I've taken on my phone. Maybe I was out, you know, out and about, and now I need to 
um, you know, access it on my device. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and being able to run, you know, if I can start running apps, uh, Android apps on, on my device as well, that's going to be, yeah, that's, that's next level. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think staying in your flow is, is definitely the key, uh, the key kind of takeaway from all this. Mm. No, I really appreciate the little stuff that allow you to stay in your mm. flow. So, for example, mm. you can you can pin those mobile apps to your start um, to your start bar or your taskbar, which is really handy because as much as the your phone app is awesome, I don't want to have to go through two applications just to get to the application I I want to use. So, for example, Yammer. Mm. Um, I haven't logged onto Yammer on my desktop, but what I have done is I've pinned Yammer to my um to my taskbar which means i can access it straight away mm. don't need to go through apps if i need to write a post for work or something similar i can use my proper keyboard i don't have to use my mobile keyboard and i really appreciate that yeah mm. the other thing that was super exciting is uh xcloud coming in the partnership with samsung mm. uh, that was oh, an okay. exciting yeah I, I didn't even like i wasn't expecting that and then for them to come out and go yep game streaming xcloud it's going to be released and the note 20 is the ultimate device for that mm. um which i believe in the u.s they're even going to give out cons- uh, controllers with the phone that's how serious they are no it's not like, <laughs> yeah it's a big thing it's like no 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 this is a controller you need to start playing straight away yeah um mm. just oh that's cannot wait for that hitting me yeah, with the knowledge right. that's that's actually really cool because again it's putting the technology in the hands of people that would use it right or or maybe like they don't have a console right and it's you know broadening that that community a little bit i love that that's awesome mm-hmm. yeah that's the first well, i've heard of it, actually yeah i hadn't, hadn't heard about knowledge. that yeah. wow yeah. <laughs> yeah watch the video very very cool um yeah they talk about new new controller that has a built-in phone mount which is really cool hopefully they just start selling them because that'd be awesome hmm. um and they talk about that it, yeah it's coming very soon hopefully before the end of the year which is really exciting okay nice. uh, and then it's all about taking advantage of the hardware like the Note mm. 20 Ultra has 12 gigs of RAM and a beautiful quarter HD, 120 hertz like screen. It's an amazing display. Why aren't we taking full advantage of that? <laughs> like, why can't you play full Xbox games? Of course. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah, I'll definitely, definitely check that out. Mm. Sounds awesome. Speaking about gaming, um, I know Jet, you've been, uh, you've gave, you've given Grounded a bit of a, a run through um, over the yep. last week. Um, let's uh, let's jump over and, and check out your uh, your your video for it. Play. This is our first look at the new Game Pass title, Grounded. Grounded was announced a couple of weeks ago at the Xbox Showcase that showed off a lot of exciting titles that are coming to Game Pass. Grounded is a single or multiplayer game. I played the game in single player. However. Grounded is perfectly suited to playing with friends as you work together to survive the terrors of the hidden world below the grass. You start by choosing your character. There is four to choose from and from what I can see this is a purely aesthetic choice. You also choose the mode you want to play including three levels of difficulty and a creative mode where you are free to explore and create. The game opens to you waking up in a backyard. The large open world filled with what seems to be like endless grass makes it easy to lose yourself in the world. And lose myself I did on a number of occasions. It's easy to feel immersed in the world feeling like you really have shrunk down. There are missions that help you to explore the mechanics of the game. However, there is a sense of exploration and trial and error as you have to work out how to complete the missions on your own. One of the main activities you will spend a lot of your time doing is collecting. 
there is a range of materials you will need to survive and strive in the world. Some materials can be collected just by picking them up off the ground, and others require specialized tools. All of the materials you collect will fuel your crafting. There is a range of things to create, from tools that will help you collect more resources or survive, to building components that will help you build your ultimate tiny base. I discovered how important crafting was the first time I went into a cave. I nearly died when things were attacking me, but I couldn't see where they were coming from. When I worked out how to craft a torch, it was a very different story for the bugs. Crafting and collecting items is very important as you fight for survival. You have to find things to eat, such as bugs or mushrooms. Find things to drink, which I discovered is not in the big pools of water. While you're trying to keep yourself healthy, there are nasty bugs out there that want to change that. Lawn mites hang out in groups and will jump and attack you, but are easily defeated with some good timing. Spiders are the real nasties out there. For all the arachnophobes out there, creators have already thought of you and have an option to make those rather large spiders less menacing. Spiders are huge, fast, and extremely dangerous. I'd recommend not going near them or attacking them in the beginning, as I found that out the hard way. Grounded is a giant sandbox that puts you in a world that I've only really seen in movies. The immersive gameplay gives you plenty of things to interact with and goals to try and achieve, whether that is completing the main storyline of attempting to work out why you are so small, building the ultimate base, or becoming the king of the bugs. Grounded is a game you can play for hours on end, by yourself, or with your friends. Nice. I liked it. I really liked it, Jet. Um, what what did you think? If you had to give it like a out of ten, what would you uh, what would you go for? Out of ten. So I'll I'll start by saying it's it's not the normal game that I would play. I'm normally a different sort of gamer. Uh, I'm not mm. normally as collaborative, but like I was lost in it when I started playing it. I was lost, and I could see like I wanted to go call everyone and be like, "You need to jump on. I I want to play this, and I need you to yeah. be here. Um, yeah. just to add that extra dimension." So as like a like a multiplayer, especially like now where everyone's at home, it's got to be up there as like, I'm going to say eight because they've got room, but they can do more stuff. And I cannot yeah. wait for the more stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you're into that sort of multiplayer, it's a phenomenal game. If you're into Minecraft or Sea of Thieves with that collaborative mm. sense, yeah. awesome game. You're absolutely going to love it. Because yeah. mm. that was probably the first thing that, that stuck out to me was it was like a real immersive world. You know, yeah. like, uh, I guess because you're this big and you're you're running around in the grass, like, you know, you're gonna, <laughs> it's really going to kind of uh, draw you in. And the, I like, thought that... the, the developers I did a great it. job of making it feel massive. Like, I never yeah. found the edge of anything. I just kept running. And the thing is, is because you're in grass, which you don't really think about, but of course everywhere looks the same. Yeah. Because it's all yeah. just the same grass. And so, like, the amount of times I got lost, and I'm like, I have no idea where I'm going. I'm just going to have to walk around in circles until I finally find my way back. <laughs> when I was, um, I haven't played it myself, but I was watching your video, and then I also watched Steve, our other master trainer in WA, um, stream it um, a couple weeks ago. And um, it, it, the scale is actually quite big that I didn't realize it was grass at first. I thought it was just wandering around in a little bit of a forest, and I was like, what, what are you doing? Um, and then... 
it's actually a really fun game to watch people play also like if you're not too much of someone who likes playing but then loves watching people try and figure things out it's a really good game because you can almost like put your own opinion in and you're not really playing and it's kind of fun that way um but i'm excited to try it it's also a game that everyone can get involved in right low learning curve um whole family can play multiplayer all of that stuff that's a huge thing right now when it comes to gaming community and I'm keen. I really enjoyed watching you play it, but Steve is a massive Sea of Thieves fan as well and he loves this. So if you do love Sea of Thieves, then give this one a try. And also on Game Pass, so awesome game to download. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, We should mention that it's like it's only in preview as well. It's not even the full release. So <laughs> like, who knows? They, they could clean things up. They can add new features. Like, there's a range of things that could happen between now and when it actually releases. So what you're saying is that 8 can turn into a 10? Yeah. Oh, 100%. <laughs> That's why I want to give it room. If I give it 10 now, then where's it going to go? <laughs> <laughs> and and one, one last question I got. Did you try it with the arachnophobia setting turned on? Or... Oh, yeah. Oh, it scared the hell out of me the first time I used it. <laughs> I was, like, playing around, and it actually does a really good job of turning a spider into just, like, a blob so that if you are a little bit scared of spiders um yeah. you're okay like you can oh, still play good. and still enjoy it it's really cool yeah. yeah um but i'm like no 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 it'll be fine like spiders whatever and i walk in there and then they're like 10 times the size of you and they're really quick and it's like oh <laughs> so it's like huge spider from nowhere. harry potter type yeah. <laughs> oh yeah and like i didn't realize that they're uh of course they are but they're really strong and so if you encounter one it's not like attack it like i did it's run away and hide and hopefully they don't track you down <laughs> <laughs> Just another Hot another tip. standard day in Australia. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they really captured the real backyard. Uh, that's awesome. Um, on the on the the topic of games, we also have a, a huge announcement this week in in the game world. Uh, Flight Simulator has uh, I think it's launched in the US and it's launching um, here today. Is Yesterday. Today? Yeah, yesterday. yesterday. Well, I think so. it was available to download yesterday, which was the 18th. For anyone who's watching this when we're recording it on the 19th of August. Um, but it is a huge download. So I think any, anyone who was playing was playing today. Um, and probably for the first time, there were a couple um, people that had preview um options and there were a couple youtube videos that dropped um that got everyone excited but if you haven't looked at any news site in the last two weeks you probably should because there's a mention of flight simulator somewhere um as a form of i think escapism for a lot of people i think a lot of um, people that work in the aviation industry is really excited to you know get back in but then also just everyone who just wants to explore the world and be a pilot it's awesome and it's got such a nostalgic element as well i can't Mm. remember exactly what year it came out well might be one of you guys can tell me um but like this one seems like it's the perfect time to bring it out it's sort of everyone's jumping on board it is downloading as we speak i have it paused so that i don't have any issues with my internet right now um but i'm excited steve um streamed it just now um and there is a little training um part at the beginning that's really awesome and they even added little things like you can actually get out um and like walk around 
airport tarmac and have a little bit of like a little walk around from the car park and stuff like that. It's it's really cool. Um, so I'm I'm definitely wanting to try. But I did want to ask you guys um, if you haven't had a chance to look. Um, is there a city or like a specific airport that you want to try out, um, or anything that you're keen to really try out in Flight Simulator 2020? Yeah. Well, I I was actually talking to someone the other day. I got a really good feel good like story out of uh, Flight Sims. A, a pilot came in and um, we upgraded his computer because he's using Flight Sim at the moment, the original, uh, to keep his skills up ah, while he's oh not flying as far. And I was like, yeah. that's awesome. That's really, really cool. Um, so, of course, we kitted him out with the best computer there is imaginable. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, <laughs> he's going to have a great time with the new game. Uh, but we're like, we were talking about it, and apparently there's an airport in uh, New Zealand, which is like incredibly detailed, and so I'm really looking forward to that. Um, oh. And then, of course, flying in between skyscrapers in New York, who doesn't want that? Oh, yeah, that, that will be awesome. <laughs> I, I, actually, speaking about that, I'm just going to drop some um, kind of irrelevant uh, airport knowledge that I have. <laughs> um, so there's an <laughs> airport, I think it's Gibraltar. Um, and the the pilots have to bank around like a mountain in order to come in on the um, and it takes like an incredible amount of skill. I wonder how accurate that is if if that's in the if that's in the game if it's uh, yeah if it's a similar kind of experience to to landing in that airport. And it, it's amazing how true to life and accurate it is in the flight models are because mm. i know uh two friends of mine who actually work in one of the stores i work out of they're training up to be in the air force and they're going through all the process and one of the things they do is they practice flying in flight simulator and obviously they're not using the latest one because it, it only came out today but um it's it's amazing that that knowledge can be transferred into the real world mm. Well, speaking of uh, games and, uh, you know, kind of throwback games and, and that kind of thing and things that are getting revamped, I know that um, Steve, uh, I think it's Steve, AP and Fletch, um, by the time we we post this, I think they probably would have uh, done their Thursday stream. Um, and they get, they're talking about throwback consoles, so they're going to be talking about their first consoles and, and all that kind of thing, sharing some stories. I thought it'd be a great... Um, a great time for us to have a chat about our first uh, devices so i want to know what you guys first laptops were um what you kind of liked about them if you've got any kind of stories or anything that you were you were doing on those laptops that you don't do now um yeah i thought it'd just be a real real good conversation i, I mean i can start um i think this conversation actually came up originally with us because um toshiba have um fi- have they been brought out completely by sharp um, that was something that was in the in the news recently. Um, so they, I don't think they have a laptop arm anymore. Um, and I thought that was kind of sad. I mean, I, my first laptop was a Toshiba, and it was huge, and it lasted <laughs> yeah. for like three hours, I think, on mm-hmm. uh, on like a full charge. Um, and but I loved it. I think it was running Windows Vista. Um, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, this I think this would have been. I don't know. I'm going to start sounding like my dad telling like old stories. <laughs> He'd be like, it ran in Linux and this, yeah. that. And... <laughs> 2008, I think it was something like that. But yeah, how about you guys? Do, do you have any uh, any yeah. stories from your first devices? Yeah. Well, mine was um, 
actually a, I think it was a 17-inch MacBook before it was a Pro or anything. It was like that silver aluminum big mm. massive thing um and it was a hand down as like my first device um to use and then we ended up getting a windows tower um back when towers were the only thing that you could get um but toshiba's news really made me upset because my first ultra book which was when i was you know just i think i was in year 11 um and it was sort of that height of you know macbook air ultrabook like everything was coming out mm. and i bought a toshiba kira book and that yep, thing cool. was like true, still turns on to this day. When we talked about it the other day, I, I ran downstairs to double check that the Kira book still turns on, still works. It's running an i5, probably third gen or something like that. And it still works a treat. Um, and they they really did the Ultrabook game well, but I, I definitely had multiple devices and it's a little bit nostalgia when a tried and true, and I'm Japanese as well, so I'm used to also the Toshiba, uh, the Toshiba laptops that were like, that looked like a book, um, like really thick and sort of had a handle on them oh, as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting to see how it's all evolved, right? Now we can mm. carry computers in our pockets. Yeah, mm. yeah. that's crazy, yeah. 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 Uh, my, my machine was a well the first one i purchased with my own money which is always the first one you fully remember <laughs> it's yours crazy. It's mine. um was a toshiba as well toshiba satellite um which yeah still nice and thick 15 inch um which was huge like fourth gen i7 or something with a graphics card it was the coolest thing i'd ever bought because i put mm. games on it like you do all this stuff <laughs> um i remember that like i'd sit in bed and use it and it would warm up the entire bed because it was just <laughs> So you got a heater um, and a computer at the same time. I know. It was so good. <laughs> um, and like, yeah, it was, I love that computer. I love the keyboard. Like I was just, it like, it, and it was the first machine I ever upgraded, put an SSD in that back when SSDs were expensive. And it was, yeah, like a crazy thing to do. I put that in. Yeah. Um, and it's insane. Like I've handed that on to dad and then he's handed that on to granddad and he's still using it to edit photos. And it and still works. Isn't that yeah, great? Yeah. So I, I have like a 20 year old. I've got like Toshiba products everywhere around my house and they still last. So it's just amazing. <laughs> I love that. It's still, it's still working. So Toshiba holds a very special place in my heart because it was the beginning of my whole tech journey. I remember the first, the, the first laptop I ever used was Mum's old Toshiba satellite. And I remember this was back in the days of Daisy mod for armor 2 and i worked out that this toshiba laptop had the graphics card so i'm like yes <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna play it played it i think within three weeks i'd melted the motherboard oh. <laughs> <laughs> that daisy used to generate on that laptop i melted the motherboard and started getting constant green screens and i panicked <laughs> I, I, I was terrified of what my mom would do so he took it to the old computer repairer and um, they told us we'd melted the motherboard. I'd managed to melt the, the motherboard, and the graphics card had desorted itself. Off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that that explained the constant green screening. And that what that is what started me researching building my own computer. <laughs> because I so you would like, never yeah. ruin anyone else's computer ever again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a hundred percent. And yeah, it, it, I think I may be the only person who killed a Toshiba laptop. Yeah, based on these stories, <laughs> anyway. I think you might be. Yeah. Maybe in those parameters. Be. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, in some other tech news, I've got a couple of couple more stories we want to want to talk about here. So, um, uh, Google have announced that they're turning their um, Android phones into. I'm probably going to say this wrong. Is it a seismometer? Seismometer? Yeah. Basically, a tool for for detecting earthquakes and <laughs> uh, tremors. Right. Um, I know that you are taking a look at this yet. Um, well. Uh, yeah, what do you like about this? What's uh, what's yeah. the big news? Uh, well, I love any time that tech does something that like everyone can use. Like whenever, mm. like this is something that I'm gonna have a phone in my pocket, but it could benefit someone else. That's that's awesome. There's something like really powerful about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Google's argument was, or they they came to this realization that every phone has accelerometers in there um, that that are used for a range of things like fitness tracking and whatever else. And they're like, they're, they're pretty great. Like phones have come a long way. Those accelerometers are really good. Um, that apparently they're sensitive enough they can measure P waves, which are the first waves in an earthquake. So they oh, go, okay. it's perfect. It's not like a, an aftershock or anything. It's like, it's like mm. as it's coming, we can tell you that it's coming and also tell everyone else that it's coming because it's all connected. And yeah. also like tell the, the emergency services or whatever else needs to happen out of a phone which is just mm-hmm. incredible it's everyone working together um mm. with just putting a phone in your pocket which is awesome yeah it's a really really cool story yeah and i think when it comes to also like most people have phones with and i think that accelerometer is like one of those basic features that come through now especially when it comes to like those inbuilt health tracking apps and stuff like that but if i think to like we're quite fortunate in australia um that we don't have too many natural disasters i know that earthquakes are a little bit more um so in new zealand but if i also think about places like the philippines um where um obviously um like all uh, neighboring countries around there where natural disasters may happen more often but also a lot of people have Android devices in those areas and even the budget Android um, phones have those features in it and anything that can bring safety or even just accessibility to safety um, in communities that can take advantage of it is a huge thing and that's really exciting Um, but then also like just like the speed of news can often just save lives right and anything that can accelerate that and get the news into someone's pocket hands down I'm all for it. Uh, the final thing we want to talk about, we've got a nice little uh, story here. Um, we talk about the cloud a lot on this podcast. We've had a couple of conversations about it. Um, Ali, you mentioned that Standard Chartered Bank, uh, Bank has gone uh, completely cloud-based. Um, so could you give us a kind of overview of this? Like, what is this going to mean for, for their customers and for their bank and for, for banking in general? Yeah, so um, Standard Charter has become the f- world's first exclusively cloud bank. And um, I just found this really interesting because of all the possibilities that are involved with combining banking, so finance and the mm. cl- and um, cloud. Um, for example, you, you'll get stuff like, um, you know, ex- it's extremely customizable for each individual client because it is purely, um, purely digital. There's nothing physical to upgrade. And because it's running through Azure, it's very scalable. So if one day you have 100,000 clients and the next day you have a million, it's very scalable. You're not upgrading your own hardware to, you know, give those clients the best service possible. That, that headroom is already there because... You know, as always, I'm really crowd-based. Um, re- real-time payments. Now, I'm sure we've all struggled through. Oh, I need to pay for something. I'm thirty cents short, or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Done a transfer in between banks rather than between accounts, and then realized, oh, this is going to take three to five business days. 
<laughs> yeah. And then you're, you're you're left to have that awkward conversation with the cashier, and it's um yeah sorry I'm thirty cents short. <laughs> I may not be able to pay or buy the thing mm. I have you. I'm sorry for everyone else who's in the line behind me as well. For yeah. <laughs> but um, the final thing, which I find really, really interesting is um, because it is all cloud-based and it doesn't rely on infrastructure that's local, you, it allows mm. access to more developing markets, which may not necessarily have that in infrastructure already there and present. Um, so you'll That's be so able true, yeah. to, yeah, you'll be able to hopefully at some point be able to transfer funds from one country to another in real time, just because you don't, you're not relying on outdated infrastructure or infrastructure that, that may not even exist because mm. it's, it's all cloud-based. So as long as you have access to an internet connection and yeah. virtually everyone in the world or very high majority of the people in the world do, you'll mm. be able to transfer those funds. and. I just think it's super, super interesting. And it challenges the big banks as well. And it gives consumers choice um, and it pushes that even further. Um, and finance is like one of those big things where it's just like, let's give people choice. Let's let's break down those barriers. And I love that this bank has done this because mm. it's it's a new wave. I, I like it. Mm. Yeah. 100%. yeah, I love it. Super hooked on uh, online banks. Like I've been following all the banks in Australia, like Up, uh, Up Bank, which are all online banks. Mm. Uh, mm. Not because you know, bank, banks, banks, stores money, whatever, but they're coming out with new features. And mm. I love new features just because I'm a techie. <laughs> so things like um, they have unlimited saving accounts and they're not really saving accounts. They're just um, places that you store. Yeah, they're like buckets. Exactly. So I want to save up and buy the new Surface. I just start a little account, say uh, the Surface is going to cost me uh, $2,500 and it'll just start saving for me. And mm -hmm. then as soon as it's done, let's wow. you know, bing, go buy your Surface. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So cool. So I can't wait until we have more of these online banks and just more features. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, when you can just click an upgrade button and the whole bank gets an upgrade like we do with a phone and just get new features. Yeah, because there are people that use third-party apps to help manage things. So like when banks start introducing those features within their infrastructure, just unlock so much for their customers and for them as well, I think. Mm. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, awesome, guys. Um, it's been fun. It's been a good chat. It's been a good, uh, good episode. Um, do you guys have anything you want to sign off with? Any taglines you want to try out? Well, we'll just call it. Um, we'll just call it here. It's been a, it's been a great episode, guys. Um, had a really good chat. Uh, learned some new stuff, definitely. And um, thanks to everyone out there who's uh, who's joined in. Checked us out on YouTube. Uh, leave comments below. We're going to be. Um, I'll post post links and everything to, to everything we've we've talked about today. Um, remember to keep it keep it locked into Expert Zone for all you retail guys out there, and um, we'll see you next time. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Bye. Bye.